Is Brock Bowers a better tight end prospect than Cal Pitts was coming out of Florida? We'll debate that as we rank the top five tight ends in the 2024 NFL Draft Class. This is Renner Ranks, the ultimate NFL ranking show. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To today's episode of Renner Ranks, your go-to daily rankings podcast, part of the Locked On Network, podcast network, your team every day. A special thank you to all the everydayers out there for making Renner Ranks your first listen of the day. Don't forget, like, subscribe, follow YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. And I am your host, Mike Renner, NFL Draft Analyst for The Messenger. Today's podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. Terms and conditions apply. As I said off the top, we are talking this tight end class. With the short week on Thanksgiving, I wanted to make sure we got through the rest of the positional rankings. We got tight ends, linebackers, and safeties before we can kind of reset the draft here next week. But we're going through all the positional rankings here. And the tight end class is what we're talking about today. So tight ends, how I usually scout the position. What do I look for? Let's get into that first off before we get to this top five. To me, it is a athletic, as athletically driven a position as exists on the football field. If you are not running in the low four sixes or better, you're just not going to be the guy getting paid super highly at the NFL level, right? Like now, TJ Hawkinson is probably about the slowest tight end you can get away with in the NFL today who's going to get a big money deal. And he came, he came out of Iowa, ran a four seven, but he had all his other testing was off the charts, and he's also a tremendous inline blocker. So usually the guys who end up being the productive guys at the next level are the ones who have the high-end athletic traits. But it's not always you know, the fact that just because you have high-end athletic traits doesn't necessarily mean you're productive, vice versa. You can still be productive if you're not super athletic. It's just chances are you're not going to be that guy who's really you know, commanding 100-plus targets, 1,000 or more yards a season at that position. So. That's what I look for first and foremost. Can you run? Because if you're running the four eights or higher, you're just going to be limited. You're going to be limited to an underneath route tree. You're going to be limited to a certain number of routes. You're just not going to be the guy that NFL defenses fear. So you are looking for guys who threaten downfield. You may not, you doesn't have to be a guy who's a perfect, all you could do it all route runner to still make a difference. That's kind of like Luke Musgrave last year coming out of Oregon state. The guy is not a polished route runner. He is not necessarily a guy that, you know, on the third down, you're trusting to beat man coverage. But what he can do is get downfield like an NFL wide receiver. He can get to your safeties and to the third level of the defense in a blink of an eye. And that in and of itself has value because you look at the route tree that a lot of tight ends run across the league. They are flat routes. They are drag routes. They are over routes. They are seam routes. They are routes where it is one cut maximum. And then can you? move can you run away from a linebacker can you run away from a safety and so the more you have a guy that can do that the more valuable he is so when we get to this top five here and we look at the top three on the list full expect every guy in the top three to run four six or better you know i think you are looking for guys first and foremost that impact the passing game run blocking is almost like a box to tick it is will the defense respect you enough in that regard to match your, you know, say it's two tight ends with base personnel or 
one tight end, one, one fullback with base personnel? Do you have uh, that? Or are you capable enough as a blocker to make defense have to respect that threat? And now not everyone is, you know, and not even some of the guys who are high end producers at the NFL level are, uh, but it's definitely something that still probably matters a little bit more to NFL teams than gets, than they let on that teams still want a tight end that can run block are still going to covet those guys first, rather than you just don't see a lot of 230 pounders who are pure receiving options first, because truthfully they're wide receivers at that point. If your defense is matching them, uh, not in base personnel, and if the defense isn't respecting their threat as run blocker, and if they shouldn't respect their threat as run blocker, they are no different than from a wide receiver. And nine times out of 10, you'd rather have a wide receiver on a football field in terms of their ability to get open, their ability to create explosive plays than you would a tight end. So NFL teams still covet the all-around guys over your one-trick ponies at the position. But run blocking, what they do in that regard, you're looking for want to, first and foremost. Do they have the will? Do they stick their nose in it? Are they guys that are going to get after it at the NFL level? Because if they're not at the collegiate level, chances are you're not going to coach that into them once they get to the pros. If they don't want it badly enough on their college tape, what makes you think that's going to change once you get to the pros and the guys get a lot bigger and a lot more physical than them? So it's it, that's definitely first and foremost. Then you're looking at technique, balance, strength, all those other things when it comes to being a run blocker that are helpful. I mean, it's basically like then you're evaluating an offensive tackle, right? It's a lot of the similar sort of traits and abilities that end up working out arm length, that sort of thing as a run blocker. But that's, a, again, a distant second to how they move as an athlete, how fluid they are, how they attack the football in the air, uh, and how physical they are as a route runner and after the catch. So that's pretty much all things that go into being a tight end. And it's such a diverse sort of skill set that you kind of have to have, there's just a number of body types and a number of guys that can kind of win at that position. You can be an undersized, Gerald Everett type, who's, you know, in the 6'3", 240 range. Um, and there's some guys like that in this draft class and still make an impact. Or you can be a 6'6", 270 uh, guy who maybe can't get down the football field, but underneath and as a blocker could do a lot of different things, can be an impact player in that regard. So there's a lot of different ways to be coveted at the NFL level at the tight end position. But again, first and foremost, it is receiving ability and it is explosiveness. So let's get to the top five here shall we at number five and, and high level over the overview of this class actually first not as good as last year but there's talent to be had it's not a down class i'd say by any means one because you have one of the best tight end prospects that i've ever scouted at the top of this class probably going to be a top 10 pick but two because there's also some real deal athletes after that that maybe they're undersized now hope they could grow into nfl caliber size but i think there is still talent to be had of these top five, I expect all to be day two picks. I, I think I would put them all as it stands right now as probably top 100 players on my draft board. And I don't have a full firm top 100 yet, but I think all of the five of these guys are going to end up there when it's all said and done. So let's get into it. Number five, Cade Stover, Ohio State, six foot four, 251 pounds. He's a fifth year guy, has actually at times at Ohio State played on the defensive side of the ball which should tell you a lot about how, how much he wants it, you know, how physical this guy is. Um, he played actually linebacker in the Rose Bowl a couple years ago, the Jackson Smith and Jigba game there for Ohio State. Um, 
And despite that, despite like the fact that he plays on the other side of the ball, he's got he's probably got the best hands of any linebacker, any tight end in this draft class. He's incredibly sure-handed. Only two drops his entire collegiate career. This year, 38 catches, 534 yards, five touchdowns, moves like an athlete, real smooth out of his breaks. It just kind of gets it. A guy who with a really high floor, in my opinion, but also slow. They're just it's the thing we talked about with Michael Mayer last year, the thing that you just can't avoid that's just going to get more exposed when you get to the NFL level is he's not running away from linebackers on his collegiate tape. You're not running away from linebackers on your collegiate tape. It's only going to get worse than the pros because linebackers nowadays run four or fives. They are cover players first for vast majority of NFL teams. And so if you don't have that, you're just going to be limited in the impact you can make. So I love Kate Stover's tape. Again, super reliable, super high floor player, just not the kind of athlete that you think goes top 50 that can get featured at the NFL level. But pretty much everything else to his game, you're going to like. He's just a very solid all-around football player um, and good after the catch, too. Not going to go down willingly. Tough, hard nose. I could go on and on. But Kate Stover, good football player, number five on this list. At number four, we're going to Colorado State. You know, I think back a couple of years ago, they had Trey McBride. They got another guy this year in Dallin Hoker. Six foot five, 235 pounds, a little bit undersized, a little bit old too. He was a 2018 class recruit back at BYU. Actually went on a two-year mission after his first year at BYU. Comes back a couple more years at BYU, then transfers this past season to Colorado State. Dallin Hoker has had himself a year. Leads all tight ends in college football this year with 59 catches and 738 yards. I believe he's like fourth with six touchdowns as well. He has been uber productive in that offense. Dynamic, man. I, I know he's undersized. 235 is probably about 10 pounds away from where you'd want him reasonably to be once he gets to the NFL. Um but he's got the athletic part down pat. He can break tackles. He can run away from linebackers. He can run away from safeties at times. There, there's some real athletic traits to work with here that even, you know, even if he does slow down a little with 10 pounds, I still think he could be a guy that gets featured in NFL offense. Now, competition level may be a bit of a concern at Colorado State. Hopefully we get to see him at one in some one-on-ones at, you know, either Senior Bowl, Shrine Bowl, one of these all-star games. Could be huge for him, but I, I think there's a lot to work with here, man. I, I'm a big fan of his tape this year. Really massive breakout year for him. And again, like I said, all these guys I think are top 100 picks. I think Holker would probably be, if he goes, you know, assuming he goes to Senior Bowl, Combine, shows up in like the 240s, still looks about the same, still tests well. Fully expect this guy to end up, maybe not quite where Trey McBride ended up as a draft pick. This Trey McBride, I think, was right uh, at the back end of the second round. But I feel pretty good saying he'll probably be uh, a day two pick when all is said and done. All right, before we get to the top three here, today's podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's super easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. 
Add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering qualified quality hires and leading versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, at number three, going down to Texas for Jatavion Sanders. Third-year player. So we had a fifth-year guy in Cade Stover, a sixth-year guy in Dallin Hoker. Now we have a third-year in Jatavion Sanders. He's six foot four, 243 pounds, super explosive dude. He's probably, and I'm probably, this guy is the most explosive tight end in the country. I mean, he is reminiscent stylistically his game to like Vernon Davis, you know, way back in the day coming out of Maryland and that he is just straight linear speed and explosiveness. Now six foot four, two forty three, a little on the undersized. So not quite, you know, your ideal tight end frame almost looks like a jumbo running back in kind of his build. And that he's just rocked up. The, the guy is a ball of muscle and, it shows in kind of the production he has. You know, not a ton of catches, only 28 catches this year, but 457 yards. Um, consistently a big play threat in that Texas offense. And it's because he can get down the field. And honestly, contact doesn't really phase him either. He can run through contact um, and he can get to that third level of the defense, get past linebackers in a hurry, man. And so you think about the routes the tight ends run off and off, oftentimes off of play action where you know you're doing the run fake and then you got to get across that formation quickly to get back to the quarterback he does that very very well he's like a better kind of chigaconquel i'm just naming maryland tight ends here apparently to comp him to but that's kind of the game you're looking for is that ball in his hands he can run past the linebacker if guy tries to clip at his ankles he'll break the tackle but he's not really going to shake a lot of different people not really kind of the guy he is but tavion sanders has as real deal juice, man. And again, it's a position where that is the number one trait. That's it. That's what you're looking for. So um, he'll go probably the thing is just such limited in the other sort of aspects of the position that you're probably going to ask him to do. So we'll be interesting to see how the NFL evaluates him. I'd probably call him a third rounder at this point. I just think second round for that skill set when it's just somewhat limited is a little rich for me, but I think you have a high floor in these certain routes that you're going to ask him to run. So if you're doing a lot of play action, if that's a big part of your offense, I think you're going to want a guy like Jatavion Sanders in the fold. All right, at number two, and this one's a little bit of a call. So we've been naming you know, real deal tight ends so far. This guy, Johnny Wilson out of Florida State, is technically a wide receiver right now, but he is six foot seven, 239 pounds. Fourth-year player, started his career at Oregon, transferred to Ohio, excuse me, Florida State last year, breakout year, nearly 900 receiving yards, hasn't quite followed it up with as big a year as a lot of people had hoped. Only 33 catches, 532 yards this year, two scores, but he is consistently a big play threat at that size. 17.7 yards per reception over the course of his career. Outlandish wingspan. I mean, just huge. And the thing I like – 
I think he attacks the ball well, but he has a ton of concentration drops. I mean, just so many. 13% drop rate for his career. So you're in kind of worrisome territory there to begin with. But this guy's physical ability at that size, I mean, he looks like a small forward in the NBA just with how graceful he moves at that size and just the wingspan. If he can put on some muscle because he blocks well for a wide receiver. When he's on the outside, he wants – he gets after it. I like there's something there to where if he wants to add muscle, remake his body a little bit, I think he could be talking about a Darren Waller-esque transformation from Johnny Wilson from a you know big wide receiver converting to a you know maybe not a inline blocking tight end that you're going to rely on in that regard but a guy who at the tight end position once he's going against linebackers and safeties more consistently than he is going against outside corners he's going to be a consistent mismatch and going to be a guy that's going to create a lot of different problems for opposing defenses so big fan of his game Really interested to see if that's kind of the route he wants to go, though, because I said a lot of similar things about Chase Claypool coming out of Notre Dame in that I really didn't love how his game was going to translate as an outside wide receiver. And I think we've seen that bore out to a degree over the course of his career, as much as Ryan Poles may not have agreed with me a year ago. (laughs) But I do think that that's what we could be looking at with Johnny Wilson is that if you really just want to call him an outside wide receiver, he's not really a guy you're going to feature that much in your offense. But once you give him that tight end tag and once you're running those kind of routes, he's just a much bigger weapon or could be a much bigger weapon at the next level. All right. Before we get to the final one here, today's podcast is brought to you by DoorDash. Did the game go to timeout? Time to order in with DoorDash. Is it halftime? That's ordering time. Two minute warning. You got it. That's your cue to order in. Order chips, dips, nachos, or everything you need to make your own nachos on DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing the game. Kick back with unbeatable deals on everything you need for the watch party or tailgate. I know I'm up in Green Bay here. This weekend, went to the Chargers game yesterday. Big W for the Packers. Culver's is a great DoorDash option when you are in Wisconsin. The most underrated fast food in the country. Maybe the best fast food restaurant, in my opinion, in the country. Get up to 50% off, though, $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. That's 50% off, up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. Download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. All right, the final one here. You guys all know who it is. It is Georgia tight end Brock Bauer. So that means our top five is Cade Stover at number five, Ohio State tight end. Dalen Holker, the Colorado State tight end at number four. At number three, Jatavian Sanders, the Texas tight end. And at number two, Johnny Wilson, the Florida State wide receiver. Number one, Brock Bowers from Georgia. Six foot four, 240. Third year tight end has been producing ever since. 13 touchdowns as a freshman at Georgia. He's been probably the most important player on Georgia for the last three years. I mean, he's been the constant to why Georgia's offense has been playing at an unbelievably high level over that span, just because he is such a mismatch. You just have to double him. If he is one-on-one with a linebacker, he wins. To me, he is a much higher floor prospect than Cal Pitts was coming out of Florida. Cal Pitts, you saw some project aspects to his game. You thought, the high end for Kyle Pitts was insane. I mean, what he could have been if he hits. And I still believe in Kyle Pitts. He's still a super young tight end. Stuck in an offense. It's really 
not making anyone look good there down in Atlanta. So not giving up on him. But Brock Bowers is just safe in that he's done a lot of the things he's going to be asked to do at the NFL level and done them at an extremely high level already. And now he's a little bit our size, 6'4", 240. He's not ideal size, but you watch him as a blocker and he's going to get respect in the NFL as a blocker. On the move, he's one of the best blocking tight ends that you'll ever see on the move. Locating linebackers, locating guys out in space, truly a weapon in that regard. If you're like an option-heavy team that kind of you know pulls those tight ends to the outside of the formation to lead out on some of those option runs, you want Brock Bowers. <laughs> that guy's is dangerous on those. That's why I've mocked him to the Colts a bunch of times. Now the Colts may be very well playing their way out of the chance of drafting a guy like Brock Bowers. But if you are an option-heavy team, again, he should be right at the top of your list because he's so good on that, so good after the catch. 43 career broken tackles on 170 career catches. 62.2% career contested catch rate. 4.5 career drop percent drop rate. I mean, just every single thing about the position the guy does at a super high level. This season, had that ankle injury, came back quicker than everyone imagined. 51 catches, 664 yards, six touchdowns already still this season. And we'll get to probably see him down the stretch here against Bama, probably in the playoffs. Go off yet again. And he's going to go to the combine test like a freak. He had a 40-inch vertical coming out in high school, ran a 4-5 in high school. Those numbers, I, I don't I don't know if they're going to get better, but I don't expect them to get worse. You watch his tape, but they definitely do not look worse at this point. So, yes, Brock Bowers, after Marvin Harrison Jr. in this draft class, I think he might be the second position player drafted on offense. I think he might go higher than like the wide receivers like Keon Coleman, Malik Neighbors, just because – what he brings to the tight end position is unique. There's so few guys that can replicate it. Now it's debatable whether you should do that or not. You look at Atlanta, I think they want to do Rover with the Cal Pitts selection and tight ends that get drafted highly. Often there's far more regrets than there are teams happy with the fact that they drafted those guys. So oftentimes fool's gold. I think Brock Bauer is a little different animal. I'll just say it. I, I think he is. The guy that breaks the mold. Now, are you going to go out on the limb to be that team that drafts the guy that you think is going to break the mold? TBD. But Brock Bowers, to me, slam dunk, top 10 pick in this upcoming draft class. There you have it. There is your 2024 tight end class. We'll get into linebackers tomorrow on the podcast. And then we'll get into uh, safeties at the end of the week with Austin Gale coming on Wednesday. No podcast on Thursday with Thanksgiving. Going to be enjoying uh, all of the games that are on Thursday, Packers-Lions. Looking forward to that one the most. Kick it off. Just break my heart right off the bat. But there you have it. That's the week that will be for Runner Ranks. Thank you so much for tuning in. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.